Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday afternoon and welcome into another episode of Great Quarter Gals. This is the amazing show where we talk about amazing women doing amazing things in freight. How many times can I, can I say amazing one more time? Because I'm Kaylee Nix here with my amazing co-host, Gray Sharkey. Yeah, and uh, I'm just laughing because uh, for uh, context out there, I didn't even think Kaylee was going to be here. <laughs> so I thought I was doing this episode solo dolo. And here we are. This is the best surprise of all time. I honestly thought this was an AI joke and that you took yourself to a bot. And uh, here we go. It's Tuesday. It's a whole new week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. <laughs> Surprise. It's me. I'm actually here in the flesh. I have not been replaced by a robot, but we are talking AI today with the one and only Blythe Brumleaf, who does so many things. She needs AI to help herself out. And Grace, it's super interesting what we're going to be talking about today. I want to get into it. But I want to share this anecdotal story about how AI sometimes gets things wrong because we were here on FreightWaves now messing around with it. Myself, Tony Mulvey and Tanner DeHart were here the other morning messing around with it, asking ChatGPT specifically, okay, who is this person? Who is this person? So we ask it, who is Tony Mulvey? Returns no results. Who is Tanner DeHart? Returns no results. Who is Zach Strickland? Zach Strickland is chief meteorologist at FreightWaves and some other interesting things. Okay fascinating who is anthony smith anthony smith is ceo and founder of freight waves okay and so they ask you who is kaylee nix kaylee nix is a multimedia journalist host of what the truck sorry duner host of freightonomics and midday market update throwback to that show so that just goes to show you know what chat gpt might have it all but it is not all correct no, no, it's and this is uh, it's a perfect example of the amount of time and data it takes for a an AI tool, even of, who could probably easily Google all of those answers uh, to to reach an accurate point. So I love that. That's hilarious. And uh, yeah, it's 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 taking over in some places, and and hopefully uh, uh, not taking over and describing the freight waves. Uh, the corporate tree or left. <laughs> it's, it's, got some, it's got some work to be done. And we'll chat with Blythe a little yeah. bit about the benefits of AI, especially when it comes to building out your company later on in today's show. But Grace, our first topic of the day, talking about women in trucking and Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, the new women's report that's out. I love this because we talk all the time about how we l- want to see more women getting out there doing entrepreneurial things. And now this report shows that it's actually happening. Yeah, it's ha- it's actually happening, and I think what's uh, interesting is the the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor Gem, the twenty one report. Sh- for everyone out there, they did survey about sixty one different economies across the world. Estimated fourteen percent of women were actually involved in early stage entrepreneurial activity in twenty twenty, which is great to see. But I think what's important, right, is that we look even at looking at the women in trucking and uh, their recent index update, which. Everyone go check out their index uh, report for this year. They're working on getting the data for that as we speak. Uh, but for 2022, did show that in most C-level uh, roles in trucking, uh, 34% of those roles were hold, held by women. Now, that doesn't represent founders. And I, I would love for even if women in trucking, women in trucking could break that down. Uh, but the reason, you know, I think we even have our guests today and we bring up AI is because there are so many different tools out there that are going to allow women to enter into the spaces that they are hoping to enter. More importantly, right, 
entering uh, an entrepreneurial journey here in transportation and logistics as a whole. So it is great to see clearly that numbers are rising, but to see worldwide 14%, especially with all the tools we're about to go over, I'm hoping that some women leave this show today thinking, you know what, maybe the barrier of entry that I thought existed is a little less than it was in the past. I think that's super important to highlight the barrier of entry, especially when it comes to not only starting your company, but gathering support for it too. We all know the statistics that women founded companies are traditionally very much less likely to get VC funding at all if they even get a chance to meet with a venture capital company, right? And AI can help be one of those tools to really make your pitch stand out, make your company stand out, and maybe give you that competitive edge to get you in in front of people who want to back your venture eventually. So I love to talk with Blythe about that. Should we go ahead and just welcome her in? Because we know that we're going to have a ton to talk about. Oh, yeah, let's do it. We got lots of things, lots of tools to dive into and a lot of knowledge as well. So welcome back to the show again, Blythe Brumley of Digital Dispatch. We missed you so much. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to have you as always, not only, of course, leading Digital Dispatch, but now founder of Everything is Logistics. You've got your podcast, you've got your website, you do so many things in the space. And I think that a lot of our folks look to you as kind of this industry leading voice on combining founder, foundership, technology, entrepreneurship, and AI, and making tools work for you and honestly not being afraid of that because it's something that has a little bit of fear factor to it, Right. But when you're talking about building a company, whether that's from the ground up or taking it from a previous idea and transforming it into something new, AI is that tool that can be very, very handy and take some of the guesswork out of what you're doing, right? 100%. It's been a game changer for me. I've always been in that position of, of, I would say always, but in the position of being a business owner, you have to figure out things for yourself on a regular basis. And so having access to a lot of these different tools over the last couple of years, you know, copywriting AI tools ha- have been around and those have helped tremendously. But it wasn't until ChatGPT that it really has just sort of taken off where there is a new innovation. It feels like every single week. And at times it feels very challenging to stay up to date with everything that is it because it's all moving so fast. And so you don't really know where the market is going. But I've started, you know, doing a lot of different research on on where I can capitalize the most. And and so that that's where I'm I'm sort of building in the background. And, you know, with uh, I, of course, I have the podcast and I have the the website management company. But I, I like to think of these different businesses because AI gives us that power to be able to be multiple people. But I like to think of these different businesses as different lines in the water that that I want to try out. I want to experiment. I have a lot of ideas. And now AI can help me spin up those ideas much faster. Well, we have a lot of different sites to go through. So I want to kind of dive into these first. I mean, give some context to people out there. Uh, Just last week, I was on Instagram doing my good old social media thing, scrolling and not realizing how long I've been there. And Adam Wakefield had a post. If we could pull that up really quick. Uh, that was really encouraging and really kind of exciting to look at. So list of one person business teams that showcases different areas that you would need help with your business and the AI sites or the sites that are available today to help you attack those. So real quick, shout out to Adam Wingfield. He's an incredible leader in the space, especially for small fleets and owner operators. And you guys can check him out in the upcoming uh, next week, our upcoming summit uh, for small fleets and owner operators as well. 
But to dive into this, Blythe, I'd love to kind of start from the top and go down because I know that you use a number of these sites. Uh, and, and let's start right there at the top. Personal assistance, chat, GPT, or OpenAI for all those who might not know the actual company behind that tool. How have you been using ChatGPT and OpenAI so far in your business and, and saving time for these small tasks in, in particular? So I, I, w- I was listening to your your intro segment about, you know, talking about using ChatGPT and writing bios and, and seeing how right or wrong they have been. So I've actually been using it in, in podcast research. And I use research sort of the, the term loosely here because it does, ChatGPT does really help as far as the research is concerned, you know, ideation, um, setting outlines for different shows. And so I, from that perspective, it's fantastic. But I've also been doing sort of like a live testing of the bios and of sort of the fast facts of whoever I'm interviewing. And it is ChatGPT can be very confidently right or it can be very confidently wrong. Uh, Ann Rinky, who is, you know, the, the, the CEO of, of TIA, who we all know has a very large like public uh, platform, it got ChatGPT got her bio 95% wrong. But then on the flip side, it will get somebody else that doesn't have, you know, they, they have an, an executive presence, but they don't necessarily have the social media presence to combine together. Because that, that's where I would assume a lot of these um, ChatGPT is, is pulling that data from. It would get those executives about 95% right. So it is, you know, very much uh, something that can get a tool that can get you about 80% of the way, but it still requires that last sort of 20% of human expertise, of nuance, and being able to go through those answers and be able to say, ah, that doesn't sound exactly right. Now, there is there are more tools that are using the power of ChatGPT on top of what their specific use case is. So one company in particular that I absolutely love, and I use it for every podcast now, is Swell AI. They read your, your podcast transcripts. They will come up with episode titles. They will come up with show notes. They will come up with timestamps for your episodes and it will do it in about 10 minutes. It's incredible. And and that single-handedly has saved me hours every single week. And so by using these tools, it's not going to completely replace a human, but it will help you speed up the work that you're already doing so that you can then spend that, you know, that that time on other things that are much more profitable. I think that that's super important to highlight because all of us are worried about is ChatGPT chat GPT or tools like it going to take over our roles, right? But the thing to really highlight is the fact that you're not talking about a complete replacement of yourself. You're talking about this tool which helps take some of the median, medial tasks out of your day, right? And make things a little bit easier. Especially when we look at it from a media side of things, you, me, we're, we're storytellers in this space at the end of the day, right? The content that we put out is valuable because it has that human element behind it and because we are adaptable in the live presence, because we are able to listen to the people that we talk to, form questions, make relationships and make things actually personable, even though you're getting them through a screen. That's not the case when it comes to AI tools, right? As much as they want to seem like you're having a one on one conversation, at the end of the day, it still feels robotic on the backside of things. So then how do you take the content that it puts out that an AI puts out? and maybe make it a little bit more personable. So that way your audience has a knowledge that maybe it's not necessarily handwritten, but it still feels that way. I think you have to pick and choose where you use it. And if uh, so, for example, I'm 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 a big stickler now on writing LinkedIn newsletters. It is it has an incredible reach. 
But I would never trust AI to write the intro paragraph, that 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 hook that you need to get somebody interested in it. Will I use them for ideation? Sure. But for that particular part, I, I think it's very important that I write that and that it comes directly from me. Now for podcast titles and, you know, uh, descriptions, things like white papers, things like that, you can actually train AI to use or train it on your own content, on your own data. And in fact, I, I heard an entrepreneur say say recently, he, he's been writing a blog weekly every single year for like the last 10 years. And so what he's doing right now is he's building his own custom chat GPT for pennies on the dollar and training that entire system on his entire catalog of content over the last 10 years. Could you imagine being able to take you know, your content or being able to take, I don't know, like a Dave Ramsey or somebody else in order to take all of their podcast videos, um, articles that they've ever written and combine it into one personal chat GPT. And then that way you can create content faster based on your own voice and the content that you've already been creating. So I think that there's very different use cases here. I'm I'm personally, I'm, I'm comfortable with using it based on trained on my data but I wouldn't necessarily use it to write a newsletter or to write a personal personal email to somebody, um, especially if it's like a cold pitch or something like that. There's sur- there still are things that should definitely come from the human perspective, and then using these tools on top of that. I think you know eventually we might you know close that gap a little bit more, but it's I, I think it's going to be a couple years off. But ha- I mean, ha- at the the rate of innovation that AI is going, it might happen sooner there rather than later. Yeah, I think in that statement, too, you make a great point of what AI tools can do, right? Like take away those small tasks, but allow you to focus. Now you could focus double the time on that newsletter opener, which is going to hook more people into your audience, bring more people in. So it's it's funny, like even in the small ways that I use it in my daily life, I've never once thought, oh, wow, this could uh, this could take my job. Okay, maybe like once, right? We all think that. But like, I actually think about more how much time I have to make the quality of my work better, taking some of these like really small tasks away by using the tool. So it's 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 kind of incredible. And I hope people look at it that way as well. Uh, let's dive into another one here on this list. I think that you and I in particular have, have talked about numerous times. I love it. And I use it all the time as well. Canva. Uh, can you tell me? Oh, that's where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm a Canva stand, man. Every time I learn something new, I'm like, "Did you know?" And she's like, "Yeah, for years." Uh, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about Canva and how you use it in your roles as well? <laughs> so, so Canva is one of those tools that I think is one of the 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 biggest stories that not a lot of people talk about. It's female founded. I think that that the founder lives in Australia. Um, they recently uh, hit, I think, a billion in revenue as far as the, the platform is concerned or market cap. That's probably two very big different numbers, um, but very successful business nonetheless. And it started off as a way to help folks with their graphic design needs. And slowly since then, it has been evolving. So they have a, a free templates that you can go in and you can just grab a sort of for, for inspiration. You can make uh, graphics. Um, for one example, let's say you're looking for a graphic for a blog, but then you say you want to uh, resize that image for a white paper or for a social media campaign or for advertising. Canva allows you to do that very quickly. And so you have that sort of you know data set of tools. Then they evolved into 
allowing you to make brand kits. So you can have your own brand kit with your logo, your fonts, your brand colors, and then you can create graphics based on that brand kit. It's also really useful if you have several different brands and you want to keep all of those, all of those straight and all of those, you know, organized. Now they've since evolved into you can build a website, you can buy a domain. They've implemented AI into their into their different photo editing techniques. And so before, if you were interested in sort of graphic design or anything like that, you had to buy expensive Adobe software tools and spend hours learning how these tools work. Canva expedites that process and allows you the ability to to create graphics on the fly in your brand colors. And now they've started adding in different AI components. And I, I just think it, it's one of the, the better companies to help other small business owners, medium-sized business owners, and hell, even even enterprise-level companies. And it's it very much like the other tools that we mentioned, that it can get you about 80% there. But if you really want that designer, that illustrator touch, I still believe that that those positions are still very, very important to help you reach that 100%. I love the Canva story also with the female founder. I think it's one that really sticks out, especially because you talk about their target audience. And it is also still very female focused. We see a lot of these graphic designers or a lot of the people who are using it. I see a lot of Canva things being used to do like Etsy shops or make specific creativity things, right? And it's this extra tool that goes into someone's tool belt and helps them now be better at their business practices just because they don't necessarily have to spend as much time. You mentioned the Adobe suite, which I think is everybody's kind of classic thought process when they go to these online tools that are good for graphic design or photo editing, video editing, podcast editing, et cetera. Do we get to a point where we start to see these legacy tech providers like Adobe, which is really just the biggest one in the market, start to maybe pick up on some of these tools that these AI usage um, companies or, or platforms are using, especially in kind of their free offerings like Canva, you have their free tier, which is good in and of itself. And then you go to their pro tier and then it's even better, but you don't have a free trial space. You don't have that like pressure to move upwards unless you actually need it. Whereas places like Adobe, you get like seven days and then you're either all in or you're all out. Yeah, Adobe is one of those, I think, just legacy software brands that it's taken them a little while to evolve. But oh, really over the last year, they, they've made some of those moves. So right now they have um, it's it's open by invitation only. You have to submit and, and join the beta, join, join the uh, the wait list. But it's a podcast editing tool that Adobe has now. And you can record your podcast or upload a file directly to their platform and they'll be able to remove background noise and make the audio just sound really crisp. And so that's one tool that they have since implemented. And then they also made that huge purchase of Figma. Uh, I think it was about a year ago. And for folks who don't know, Figma is sort of like a mock-up tool for websites, for app design, basically any kind of um, online thing that you're going to build, maybe a store or something like that. Figma is used to sort of mock up what that site would look like. And then those designs are then taken and, and built into an app or built into a website. And so Adobe made that purchase of Figma. And so now sort of the rumors are is that they are going to be implementing different AI tools into Figma. So to help that design process, you know, be streamlined a little bit more quickly, because like you said, it, it's these legacy tools are very complicated. It's like an artist using these tools. And but not everybody has time to go and learn the intricacy of these tools. You get it's much more cost effective to either try to do something in Canva or to pay a designer who or an illustrator who already knows how to use these tools. And so I think that that Adobe still has a place in the market for those high tier artists. But I just don't know how the rest of us, sort of the the SMBs of the world, 
are going to be able to take advantage of that. And I think Canva saw that opportunity and sort of swooped in. And, and now they, they have a, an extreme sort of a dominance on that market. I love that. And really, the biggest point we wanted to have you on this episode for Blight is that this is to encourage women out there who might think, OK, the space for me to start my own business start, you know, whether it's marketing, whether it's accounting, whether it's maybe uh, who's to think that women aren't even in like maintenance, right? Some type of a site or program or business business that they want to start. There's so many tools that are even free. Like you said, I use Canva free and it's amazing that they can go ahead and and make that jumpstart. Is there any other sites that you would prompt women to go to uh, that will help them get their their feet off the ground and excelling right away. So I, I'm looking at the list. I have that your your list of apps that that you yeah. sent over, and I'm looking at that screenshot. And some of them, yes, I still go back to ChatGPT because I think that it, it anytime you can turn a business into a verb, it has long lasting power. And so now what we're seeing in the market, especially around AI, is that tools are being built on top of ChatGPT. So for example, there's um, vacations, there's um, a map functionality where you could say, tell me all of the cool things to do. And I, for example, I'm, I'm planning on going to Vancouver in a couple of weeks. So I told it I'm working the first two days and the, the last three days, tell me some cool things to do in and around the city. That's within three days or within an hour of the city that I could do over the course of these three days. It sent me a five-day detailed itinerary in minutes of exactly what I wanted to do. And so I think that for, for a lot of these tools, especially when it comes to ChatGPT, is, is really teaching yourself the basics of this platform first because so many other tools are going to be built on top of it. Get used to asking it questions, having that conversation, and, and being able to implement it in little ways in your daily life, whether it's planning recipes to, to meal plan for the week, or maybe you're a teacher and you want to use it to to help um, create your lesson plans, or, or maybe you're a carrier and you've got to send some cold emails out and you don't want to sound like a robot, then maybe you can use ChatGPT in order to help you craft those different messages. And so I think just getting your feet wet using ChatGPT first, then that's when you can start layering in different specific tools that handle a specific need. Well, AI for podcasts, copy.ai for uh, various different copy and text. Um, then you have a Grammarly that can proofread everything that you write before you send it out so you don't look like a moron when you send that email out with, you know, 20 different exclamation points. So uh, all of these different examples that you can start implementing in your daily life, and then you can start using it, I, I guess, learning these tools, then you can start realizing the different ways that you can implement them for your career, what you find really, truly happy. Um, you know, Etsy, maybe it's an Etsy shop that you do on the side and, and you make jewelry and that's your that's your passion project. Well, now you can use these tools to help you create that much faster. And so either a, either in your daily job or either in your, your side hustle hobby, there are ways that you can use these tools to expedite in turning that hobby into maybe something that you make a little bit of money off of. There you go. Personal use into professional success. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we love having you on. We love listening to your voice. You're going to be in TIA this week, correct? Yes, I, I am leaving early on Thursday morning and it's my first TIA. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't want, know what to expect, but hopefully, hopefully it's all good things. Wear comfortable shoes. Wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Blight. We'll catch up with you soon. I'm, I'm sure that we will have plenty more to talk about in the AI space. 
Grace, let's round it up by telling the people where they can catch us this week. Obviously, here at Great Quarter Gals, Tuesday afternoons. But you'll be back with Point of Sale for your Wednesday, right? Yep, I'll be back with Point of Sale with Greg Braun from uh, Box, or sorry, C3 uh, Solutions tomorrow. And uh, you can also check me out on their radio show on Sirius XM, Road Dog Trucking Channel, Channel 146, every single day, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. Tonight, Thomas Watson will be on. And speaking of incredible women in this space, Kelsey Scott, uh, she will be on consulting, uh, taking questions on compliance and the small areas that carriers forget to watch their compliance standards. So, uh, of course, could give us a call, 8888-ROAD-DOG, if you have any questions for her. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting week. There you go. And you can catch me every single morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on Freight Waves now. We talked a little bit about our next Freight Waves TV event. We got the Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit coming up on next Wednesday morning. That's April 26th. But coming up this week, we've got our next State of Freight webinar. That's going to be with our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller, our head of Freight Market Intelligence, Zach Strickland, and one of our new analysts, Adam Josephson. So make sure that you go ahead and tune in for that one. Free registration for both of those events. Head on over to FreightWaves.com. Big shout out to Uber Freight for their sponsorship of our State of Freight webinar and to Truck Stop for the sponsorship of our Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. That is it for us here this afternoon on Great Quarter Gals. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We're here every single Tuesday starting at 2 o'clock. You can catch us on demand on tv.freightwaves.com and we'll see you next week. One, two, three.